Hey everyone, I'm Andrew Warner. I've been doing interviews about how people are turning their communities into DAOs. Joining me today is Parker J. Pachira. She is one of the founders of Boys Club and Boys Club just, well, they're in the process of creating a DAO, which is why I've got Parker here to talk about how they're going about it, to talk about the challenges of putting it together, the reason why she's putting it together, the benefits that they've gotten from just basically getting a minimum viable DAO, as I would call it. But also because I find that Parker's organization, Boys Club, just has such a cool vibe to it. They're so good at explaining difficult Web3 concepts in a fun, clear way. They're so good about creating this vibe that feels like you want to participate in it and you feel you feel good just being there. And of course, you're going to learn in the process because that's just what happens there. And so I invited her here to talk about how she did it. And uh, Parker, I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I thought that I was not allowed to participate in your Discord. I told you I didn't feel comfortable pretending I was a woman to join. I thought Boys Club was for women and non-binary people. Who's Boys Club for and what is it about? And then we'll get into the DAO. Boys Club is for anyone that's excited about the future of culture in crypto and excited to make that culture inclusive. Um, so if you go to our application on our website, we do a merit-based application um, to join. Um, you'll notice that um, if you're a dude, no problem. You just need a referral from someone in the community. Okay. So I can get in now. All I need to do is say that Parker said it's okay. Or Parker's introducing me. Yep. And the mission is? So our mission has evolved over time. Um, we're designed to welcome women and non-binary individuals into Web3. Um, and we have members ranging from people who are completely new to the space um, to seasoned founders and investors who are crypto-native. Um, we're trying to create resources that empower um, women, non-binary individuals um, in particular um, across a wide spectrum uh, to build and create um, and shape the future of the space. Okay. And I should also say that in addition to being one of the founding uh, members of Boys Club, you are also head of community and on the investment team of FinTech Collective's DeFi Fund. All right, but speaking about Boys Club, why did you want to create a DAO? Why do you need a decentralized autonomous organization? Yes. Um, so, Andrew, as I mentioned earlier, I'm actually, while I'm super into DAOs, <laughs> I'm a firm believer that not everything should be a DAO and most things shouldn't be a DAO. Um, another one of my kind of core principle beliefs is that community should always come before DAO. Um, I think we see a lot of DAOs in this space today or people in the space today that want to create a DAO and have an idea for what that is, but don't actually have the community um, mobilized around it or the community for it. Um, with Boys Club, the community definitely came before DAO. Um, and in building that community, um, we saw so many members um, eager to participate, eager to get involved. Um, you know, many of the members in our community actually come in not just because they want to be a member of Boys Club, but because they want to be a member of Boys Club for the reason that they have an idea for something they want to contribute to the community. 
Um, so a DAO structure um, enables us to operate um, our community and grow our community um, in such a way that really, really um, optimizes for um, participation, engagement, mutual upside, um, and shared incentives. Do you really think that the, the community can come up with better ideas than you and your founding team? Can culture really come bottom up like that from a group of people who are telling you what they think and voting on what they think is going to be cool and important? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 100%. Like, community is the core of what we are and what we do, right? It's it's what makes Boys Club so special. And... um I really think like, you know, with the founding team, you have a limited purview, like a community is co constantly evolving um, and it's really an ecosystem. So to ignore, you know, the 99% of that ecosystem and, and their ideas would be kind of crazy. Um, and also like when, when we sort of like contextualize this in the way that the boys club team has grown over time, like we've grown from a founding team to a team of like 40 to 50 core contributors. Um, and all of those people started as community members and had great ideas and um, are owning those ideas and executing them. Do you have an example of something that the community came up with that, that had taste and also had value for the overall community that you couldn't have done with the founding team on your own? What did the community bring up? Yeah, so two um, two community members uh, actually started their own product guild um, to create a product incubator and studio. So working with um, other projects uh, within Boys Club, whether that's related to Boys Club or not, um, founders, for example, within the community to take their um, project through an eight-week cycle, provide feedback, do market research, um, do user research, help them develop their strategy and roadmap. And these are two people that come from very, very experienced um, product mm -hmm. backgrounds, um, one of which is like actually at like an incumbent in the space. Um, and at, What type at, of products are we talking about that they're helping to create or, or accelerate? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it could be anything. It could be like startups. Um, it could be, uh, tools within the ecosystem. Um, I don't want to get too specific because I don't know where they are in sort of publicity of, of the projects. Um, okay. yeah. But if I understand you right, Parker, what happens is it's not like the whole community shouts and chats and says, we have this idea. We want to do this. It's more like somebody says we want to do this. The community says, you know what, this is a good idea to help you to help you create an accelerator for us. We are going to empower you and a small group of people to create this product accelerator. And now you go off and do it, come back and show us the results, come back and ask us for help. But that's the way that new new ideas bubble up and new projects bubble up. One, one or a few people say, we want to take this on. The community says that's a good idea. And those people own it. And so there's a small team of people doing it. It's like a startup within a bigger community. You nailed it. And I think one thing to emphasize here is um, 
something that's really struck me about my work in Boys Club and on the core team has been the level of collaboration. Like there's a high level of trust, um, both in intent and competency. Um, and I think that level of trust allows us to really collaborate like with each other and also experiment, like building in public and experimenting is super fun for us and uh -huh. a core part of what we do. Okay. And so the other thing is, it seems like you're really big on, exp on experimenting in public. You created NFTs. How much money did you raise from the NFT project? Uh, yeah. So we raised 150 ETH um, okay. back in May. Okay. Today, that's worth about a quarter million dollars back then. Where was it? Do you remember? A few hundred thousand total. Sounds right. That sounds all right. Okay. And so that's what you create. You created it. You launched it. You learned from it. You did it with the, with the community of people. That gives me a sense of like the way that you operate. It's not just let's look at it from a distance. Let's study what's here. It's we're going to build it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to express our frustrations and show you what's working. So then you yeah. decide we're going to create a DAO. You went through an accelerator program. You did a bunch of research on your own. Let's start with the accelerator, Seed Club. What did you learn by going through Seed Club, the DAO accelerator? Yeah, Seed Club was a great experience um, and super great community. There's a lot of things we learned. I think, um, you know, top of mind for me in terms of takeaways were um, a slow approach is better than a fast one. Um, and experimentation and iteration within the design systems of it all are really important versus sort of starting with like a one size fits all approach. Um, and then also on the token side, um, one thing that surprised me to hear from a lot of people um, that built really successful DAOs, um, you know, that came to speak was like, it's never too late to launch token, it's usually too early. Um, and most of the people that um, we spoke to both inside of C Club, outside of C Club, um, really urge for like a lot of thoughtfulness around um, a token and to, to not launch that too early. Why, what's the problem with having a token early? So there's, so I don't think there's a problem with having a token, I think um, the question becomes like, why, why, why token? And, um, you know, are you using a token to try to make a product work? Are you using the token to try to gain exposure or traction or, or sort of market what you're doing? Um, in my eyes, um, a token, just like a DAO should come post community, um, and should come post uh, product market fit, if you will. Um, so thinking about a token as an ad something that adds additional value to a community, but isn't the actual, um, I guess, like value prop that the community is like pulling itself up on. Isn't the token though, the heart of a DAO? I sometimes think of DAOs as tokenized communities. Basically, you have a great community, and the reason that you create a token is so that there's a medium of exchange, so that people can be rewarded for contributing 
more than they would otherwise? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I mean, everyone defines sound different ways, right? Um, I think like, yes, a token is a common characteristic and like most DAOs, if not all, will probably eventually have a token, but um, <clears throat> I don't think token is a necessary condition of DAOs from sort of day zero. Okay, so you learned not to create a token early, to create a community before token. You already had a community before. What did you change about the way you were forming the community once you said we're going down the path of creating a DAO? Yeah. Um, so an important distinction to make would be that our DAO members are our contributors. Um, so I'm just going to go over sort of the overview that um, I mentioned to you earlier because yep. I think that's helpful context. So within the Boys Club community ecosystem, there are several layers, right? We have our audience, which is anyone who follows our Twitter, listens to our podcast, um, reads our newsletter. Um, then we have our community, so our Discord members, people attending our events. Um, and within that community, we have our contributors. So that's founding team, um, the, that's the eight or so guilds that we have working on different aspects of boys clubs. So essentially teams, um, and their contributors and leaders. So the DAO is really, um, everyone that's working on boys club day to day, um, day in, day out. And I would say, um, the decision to move forward with the process of creating the DAO didn't actually, um, change much about the external community but rather um, the way that we operated and executed um, as um, the team behind Boys Club. How did you change then? Yeah, so lots of lots more structure and process, right? You know, what is the process for onboarding new guild um, members? What about like guild leads? Um, how is um, that structured and defined? How are roles structured and defined? Um, you know, how, um, how do these contributors make proposals, um, and vote on proposals? How is mm -hmm. that executed? How is that followed up on, um, et cetera. Guild members are, the guilds are the smaller sub communities within this bigger community, right? With a specific yeah. focus and goal. So you could think of guilds, the guilds and the boys club as just different teams, right? So we have like our onboarding guild, our, which is like our onboarding team, our content guild, which is like our content team, um, mm -hmm. and and so on. How are the roles structured now and defined in preparation for a DAO? Uh, yeah, so um, we have our core team, which is um, founding team plus guild leads. Um, and then we have our um, wider team, which is guild leads, founding team, and guild contributors. Okay. And then is it, how, how does somebody become a lead? How does somebody start to bring up an idea and, and form a group around it? Yeah. So this process is actually changing in real time. Um, initially when we first started doing guilds, we had, um, identified different, uh, areas of work, um, that needed consistent sort of guidance and support just to keep Boys Club like up and running. 
Um, so we had different founding team members working on different areas that they were um, interested in and excited about. And um, then we've had guilds also spin up from um, people within the community, community members, right? Like pitching us a project or mm-hmm. pitching us um, a guild that they want to create themselves. Um, now we're in the process of uh, starting to design um more of a formal system around that. Like I think in a year out, um, ideally I'd like to have a system for elections um, Mm -hmm. to allow um, anyone in our six month season rotational basis um, apply to either be a guild lead of an existing guild or um, be like a lead of a new guild. Um, And also like implementing more of a checks and balances system on current guild leads is also something that I'm thinking through right now. We're talking about kind of like um, turning members into leaders. How do you get people who are participating to, and at least I think you said for six months, to think about leading, to think about what roles they could take on that's more than just a participant? Great question and probably one of my favorite questions to answer. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into turning a member into an owner. Um, it starts like at the very top of the funnel with attracting intrinsically motivated participants um, mm-hmm. and also having a specific enough and nuanced enough um, vision and mission um, to attract those participants um, just into the community. From there, it's about activating them, um, giving them the context and resources um, necessary to make them feel comfortable and to make them feel prepared to participate. Um, so helping them understand how Boys Club works on the inside, um, you know, getting them to get introduced to other members. Um, and then from there, just sort of seeing what happens. You know, I think like one thing that is really special about Boys Club and very rare across the communities that I've seen and worked with one-on-one is that we have a high level of um, people in the community who um, want to be participants and owners and actually come into the community with a specific idea of something that they'd like to um, experiment with building or see built or try um, for Boys Club itself. Um, and I think like ownership is the stickiest aspect of a community, and, but it's hard to get to. So um, it's about gradually increasing responsibility and also like giving people with um, a, a well-fleshed-out idea the resources and time and attention they need to um, to experiment with that. Okay. So if I understand you right, it's the first step is how do you attract members, members who will want to participate? Second is how do you activate them, give them resources so that they could feel comfortable, maybe introduce them to other members? And then next is gradually increase the responsibility and then give them some freedom is is the next step. Do I have that right? You do. And I think one thing that I'd love to um, make a distinction about is we don't expect or necessarily even want every single member in Boys Club to um pitch idea like that's not you know there's there's no change in value of a member um either way but for the people that do have ideas and want to explore them or 
um, work on them. Like we want to support that and encourage that curiosity. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'd say like for, right. for the gradually mm-hmm. increasing responsibility point, that would be for members who um, want more responsibility and are, like are asking for that. All right. So if someone's listening to this and saying, you know what, I want to create a DAO. I'm just not ready yet. I have people who are listening. I have kind of a mission that I'm going for, but I want to turn this group of people who are paying attention to what I'm creating online and believe in what I'm doing into a DAO that can be more productive. First step is create a community where they can talk to each other, attract members, how would you attract the right members then into that community? And we'll go through all these different steps. And I think this will be useful for someone who's new. Sure. So I actually have a, a sort of different response to how would someone go about first thinking about building it out versus building a community. Like the steps I mm-hmm. outlined, I think, are relevant for community building and DAO building. But um, yeah, I could I could answer your question more on the side of the steps I just mentioned or another set of steps that I actually see as different for building it out. But if I understand you right, I think what you're saying is first get the community in order and then get the DAO. And would you then say that that you should, should we learn from you first how to create the community and then how to activate that community into a DAO? How would you, how would you, def- how would you walk us through it? For yeah. someone who's, and, and I've seen this, that there are people who are curious about creating a DAO, they want to do it themselves, they can't just go do it on their own. What's the first step that they take? And then how do we follow through a path that will eventually get to a DAO? Totally. Yeah, so I think you're super, you're spot on that community, creating a community, sorry. There's a loud car outside. Um, I think you're spot on that creating a community is essential to have it out, right? So mm-hmm. you've attracted these members, um, you've gotten them comfortable, you've activated them, you've given them um, small opportunities to participate and contribute and gain that responsibility. Then how do you start thinking about the DAO aspect? Um, this has been a huge, huge learning process for me throughout the past eight months. Um, and it's gone super differently than I expected. Um, I started out doing a bunch of qualitative and quantitative research. Um, so um, reading peer-reviewed journals about community building and about um, decentralized governance and participation, talking to many different um, DAO founders and tools, um, and really just understanding first, like, okay, when I think about building a DAO, what do I even need to be thinking about? What are these different puzzle pieces, right? There's the treasury side, there's the governance side, there's the legal side, um, there's so many different aspects. And so the research stage actually took me a lot longer than I expected to feel prepared to start thinking about design. So once I understood all the puzzle pieces that I needed to focus on, I then um, wanted to deeper develop a strategy um, customized for the community um, for each of these pieces, right? So how are we going to design our treasury? Um, how are we going to conduct governance and participation? What is that going to look like within Boys Club? Um, And then the next step, which is the phase we're in right now, is testing some of those systems, right? So, okay, I'm doing governance in this way to optimize for these things. Um, Okay, like now we're implementing that. We're getting feedback. We're iterating um, before we take it to the next level of like fully 
deciding and, and sort of implementing that on chain in an on chain system. Would you walk me through some of that? What do you have now? And then what are you working on that will make you feel comfortable officially becoming a DAO? Yeah. What do you mean when you say officially becoming a DAO? I think that's important to clarify. Ooh, um, is there an official point where you become a DAO? It seems like now you're in the minimum viable community, I think you called it, or minimum viable DAO. At what point are you like a full-on DAO with a token and everything else? Mm-hmm. So, you, and, so you're so you defining DAO as having a token. Truthfully, I don't know where to define it. Where would you define it? Where would you say this is the line that makes us a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization versus a, a regular community? That's a great question. That's a hard question. And I don't know if the answer is the same for every DAO, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think for me, when I envision what that looks like for a boys club, I'm envisioning a system and an ecosystem of, of DAO members who who feel comfortable making proposals, who understand um, the makeup of our treasury allocation and and have the context and sort of tools and almost like muscle memory necessary to be like, okay, here's my idea. I know exactly how to make a proposal. I know exactly mm. how to go. I feel comfortable with this. I feel used to this. And so it's like almost like onboarding into the DAO system. And like, that's another learning lesson is like, we could design the perfect system actually onboarding the members into that system is a whole other thing. And so I think that's like also sort of the process that we're in right now with the MVC, with the minimum viable community. It's like, like I said before, we want to like get all of our contributors comfortable with these systems and like feeling really good about the way that they're designed um, before we start just like rapidly doing it um, and using a token and going on chain. so I, I don't know if there's, you know, um, <laughs> there's this quote about falling in love that's like falling in love happens slowly and then all at once. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's true in my experience. I think a DAO is similar, like becoming a DAO happens slowly then all at once. I don't know if there's, maybe you can point to um, one particular inflection point, but like I honestly, my instinct and reaction right now is like, if there is a specific inflection point you can point to, like that is a little bit of like a amber flag for me. Um, Cause like in my sort of view on, on a DAO and DAO building, it's like, like I said, like it should start from the ground up, like with a, with a community that, that wants to interact and participate and operate as within a sort of DAO like structure, whether they know it or not, like once decentralization, once, to have like ownership and participation and different segments of of the community and of what you're building. Um, and then everything else follows that. Okay, you're saying, Andrew, forget the tokens. That's not what I'm spending my time on at Boys Club. You're saying the important thing is, can this organization run itself? Can they figure out how to make proposals? Can they? Can we have a good process for voting? for having leaders, for also transferring power from one leader to the other, that when this organization is really autonomous, that's when it becomes a DAO, not when it becomes, not when it has a token, not when we officially call it a DAO. It's when it can really run itself and fulfill this mission that we have without us. That's a real DAO. 100%. Well articulated. And I think like, 
I also think that mistaking the birth or use of a token for a DAO's official inception is is dangerous. And I think we've seen this in like the collapse of a lot of DAOs recently and today, um, where the token itself is actually kind of driving some of some of the things that are kind of going wrong, but it's driving the things that are going wrong because the processes underneath it um, were not solidified when the introduction. What do you mean? Like what? What is what is an example of a token sending an organization in the wrong direction just because they want to increase the value of the token? Yeah. Okay. So I don't even necessarily think it's because they want to increase the value of the token. Um, but I'm not going to point out a specific DAO right now, but I will point out a specific system mm -hmm. of like coin voting, right? So anyone who has a token can is a DAO member, supposedly, and has participation power, supposedly. And someone with 100 tokens has much more decision-making power than someone with one, regardless of how long mm -hmm. either of those participants have been in the community, how long, how much they participated, how much they've contributed, how well they understand it. Um, I think that's like a huge issue, right? Because then you encounter a system where there's no thought around how do we give context to our participants on what we're trying to achieve here and how do we actually make sure their values um, and incentives are aligned to the overall organizational goals um, of what we're building. Um, rather, it's putting immense power in the hands of few um, based on really just uh, financial um, like privilege. Let's talk about where you think this is all going. One of the things that, you, that you've been doing is talking about DAOs in general, not just yours. Where do you think DAOs are going? What, what is it about DAOs that's still attractive? What is it about DAOs that, are still, that is still attractive? Great question. To me, the answer is design space. Um, I think like recently we've seen, or at least I've seen a lot of sentiment of a rejection of DAOs, a rejection of DAOs as a business model, as a, as governance structure. Um, but most of those are actually pointing to systems like the one I just mentioned, like token-based um, voting, right? Um, so I think like there's, there's actually a huge opportunity that um, exists in the space right now to actually um, experiment with alternate and novel forms of um, of DAO systems, especially including governance. And we're already seeing this in different ways. Um, I think like when I get really excited about DAOs, it's like reading, um, reading research about um, on-chain voting and on-chain communities. And um, there's a lot of studies out there that have extremely um, actionable and insightful, uh, insightful things to say that nobody knows or is talking about even within the DAO community itself. Um, like for example, um, mm -hmm. there was one study that, uh, that it was sort of a comparative case study of different um, resistance movements uh, across time throughout the world and DAOs um, and specifically decentralized resistance movements um, that showed that the, de the deterioration of those movements and disintegration of 
their um, collective power over time actually came as a result of community members submitting proposals and those proposals maybe getting rejected and never getting a follow-up on why that proposal was rejected. Wait, you're saying that there are revolutions that didn't happen because people wanted to do something and they were ignored because members submitted proposals? Um, that's a factor, for sure. And this is something that like nobody's thinking about or talking about within DAOs, right? Like nobody, when they talk about per participation and proposals and governance, there's never, you know, we don't think about the follow-up. But like that's an example of like novel research that's being conducted right now that has a severe impact on the longevity and like potential sustainability of the concept of DAOs. So it, this happened with the Occupy Wall Street movement, actually. Yeah, hit me. Um, mm -hmm. So like one of the case studies in this in this study was Occupy Wall Street um, and showed that like a lot of the members that left and like even members that were like core in the beginning driving driving the mobilization of the movement eventually left because the decentralized structure was not set up in a way to um, provide like that follow-up. Um, and so like the study like used those findings to compare them to DAOs and, and sort of made a call for more attention to that aspect of the process. Um, but I see. what I'm like zooming out, what I'm really mm -hmm. trying to say here is I think um, there is a large dismissal of DAOs and certain ways of structuring DAOs that I think is very valid and legitimate. Um, but I think we need to put more attention on research and experimentation within the space. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of design space left. So that's, what's, that's what gets me excited about DAOs. What do you mean? What's design space and what's left? So design space would be a new way of designing governance systems, a new way of designing um, weighted voting, of thinking about um, onboarding, really anything that um, relates to all these processes that we've been talking about um, and what's left to be explored are just new ways of doing these things. Like I think there's a lot of like templatized DAOs and, and sort of DAO structures, um, but like to create a really successful DAO, you need to design each, um, you're, you're basically creating a world and you're basically creating like a multiplayer game where there's a many different autonomous systems that need to function on their own, but ideally should work together to reinforce one, one another and right. provide feedback loops um, that, that support all the other um, systems within the ecosystem. Um, and so I think like to do that successfully, you need to put a lot of thoughtfulness and attention in how you design each of those systems rather than just taking maybe the normative um, or popular approach. Sometimes I wonder if DAOs would have done better with somebody with some kind of branding and naming uh, eye. Like governance seems just so weighty. It's like the part of our lives that we hate government, like the government's not doing right. It's So we, DAOs use that. Instead of having a friendlier name, we've got one that starts out with mystery, a DAO. You can hardly even hear it properly. My um, auto transcript service that I'm going to use for this interview is automatically going to turn it into D-O-W because as much as I correct yeah. it, it still doesn't hear that it's D-A-O. Uh, and then even when you tell someone it's a decentralized autonomous organization, you have to pause for a second and understand each one of those three concepts because they're so challenging. 
Um, all right. I think I've got what you're thinking, where, where you're thinking this is going for your community and also in general. Let's spend a little bit of time on just the tools. Loaded question. You don't even realize it, but that's a loaded question. Right now, our tools are Discord, humans, Zoom, um, Airtable. Um, we are low code, and I'm loving that because that's really mm -hmm. getting people again, like used to these systems that we're implementing for proposals and voting. Um, and eventually, like definitely we want to scale that. Um, what are you using for your voting now? We are using emojis. Just emojis in a Discord group? Emoji round, yeah. Okay, and then how do you decide what proposals get to come up for emoji voting? So pretty much any proposal. So the process is... Um, I guess simply walk you through it. We have a proposal template. You're not forced to use the template, but it's just encourages like a starting point of sort of how to organize your thoughts um, mm -hmm. and present them. Um, you write up your proposal, um, put it in proposal discussion channel. Um, then you can put it up for feedback or review, but the mandatory thing is to hold a call um, where it can be openly discussed, where you're pitching it. Um, and getting feedback from other members before any voting has happened, just to like understand people's thoughts, answer any questions. Um, then you have the opportunity to go back to that proposal, revise it, um, and then whenever you're ready to start the vote, you put um, you put it up for vote in our proposal voting channel. Um, then it's live. Um, well, that that always happens on Friday, which is actually something that I learned from um, from Ben and Johnny at Origami is like they mm -hmm. do their proposals always on Friday because that gives people like a sense of like, okay, I know what I need to do when, when to do it and also helps the rest of the members know when to check that. So you put your proposal up for a vote on Friday. Um, it has a seven-day voting period. Um, there's three vote options, yes, no, or, or abstain. Um, abstain is just like if you don't have enough context or like don't feel like you're the right person to vote, that's what you should vote for um, or okay. vote yes or no. Um, and then... A proposal needs um, over 60% uh, participation of the of the members of the DAO, just in the vote entirely, um, to be eligible for a yes or no, and then over a 50% yes um, to go through. And then we do have a governance board that's recently been instituted um, to basically just like pass that along. Um, there is like a social um, incentive for the governance committee to follow the um, group vote. But like, for example, in the crazy hypothetical um, situation of people um, who who want to secretly like infiltrate Boys Club and like take it down, right? Like coming in, joining as contributors, like making this crazy results, like make Boys Club sound like something that really d is not aligned to their values, right? We mm -hmm. need that governance board there to like protect that. Um, so that's pretty much the process. Are you working with origami at all to create your DAO? No, there's homies. Just, Actually, they're just friends I mean, who yes, come in like, and help. Well, in the sense of like, I've like learned and, and gained so much out of my conversations with Ben and Johnny. Like I, like the first time I talked to Ben, even I was just like, okay, this guy under, like he gets it. And there's not a lot of people that I can say that about that I talk to Jazz about. Like he was, he really thinks about DAOs and their systems 
in in a way that I feel very aligned with, like with a lot of thoughtfulness and, and nuance. Um, and, and then I met Johnny as well. I had the opportunity to meet him at ETCC and like um, so, so many valuable insights just about process. And so like, yes, I am working with them in, in that sense of, of um, conversation and, and kind of, and guidance and just thought, thought like partnership, I guess. Um, but not, not formally like working with or origami, the um, company or organization. I should say more people should do that. I, their email address, and I just saw them chat this uh, to each other. They set up an email address that goes to all of the co-founders of origami. It's contact at joinorigami.com. If you just say hi or ask a question or are trying to figure out your own DAO structure, even if you're like Parker and you don't end up working with them, they're super open to this stuff. It's contact at joinorigami.com. We'll go to all of them. And I, I know because I tested it. I said, does this actually work? And then Johnny responded with like a minute. Um, That's and he awesome. Said, yeah, I got it. Yeah, they are really um, past email responders. Okay, close it out with uh, Boys Club. Where's it going? Let's zoom away from DAOs and just talk in general. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm I'm super excited. It's been a crazy, crazy past like eight or nine months. It's almost in a year. It'll be like our one year on in November on November eighth, I think actually. Um, but Boys Club is expanding, and we're we're thinking out. Okay, how do we expand the Boys Club universe? Right, like we have a constellation of different things going on, um, for everything from for builders in our community to like fun, like more commercial stuff, right? Like merge podcast, um, and so we're really focused on just like how do we expand this universe? Um, and we're super excited for all the different projects and initiatives popping up that we're seeing. Um, within like coming from the community, as I mentioned before. So actually yesterday we announced the launch of um, our consulting arm. Um, we last week launched our grants program, which we're super excited about. Um, we have a bunch of like projects in the pipeline that are awesome that you'll hopefully soon see. Um, so continuing to expand the Boys Club universe, like one really cool thing that happened recently was there were a few members who were like, we wanna create a new faction of Boys Club, like Fork Boys Club and create Boys Club Singapore. So like Boys Club, but focused on um, people in Singapore and like the Singapore community. Um, and we were like, okay, like this is like really cool. Like this gets us excited. Like this is an exact embodiment of like what we want Boys Club to be, which is like this constellation of products that's coming from within the community. So like in my kind of ideal vision, like I'd love to see like, I, I like <laughs> forks of Boys Club, like that's pretty sick. And then like also like, I, I really want to get us like more involved with like protocol level participation. So I'd love to see us do more partnerships with protocols that we are bullish on and like actively participate in the that governance and also like in like be in the discussion forums. Um, and well, so, what's what's a protocol you're interested in? Um, I mean, Uniswap is amazing. And like Devin and Ken, like their their recent proposal and what they passed with Uniswap Foundation. Um, I was super impressed by that. Um, so yeah, um, love what they're doing, huge fans of what they're doing. Um, that's one example. Uh, yeah. Okay. So boys club consulting, for example, I see it here posted up on, uh, on your medium. This is, it seems like it's Hillary and Riyaka who got together and said, or maybe they're just the ones who announced it. 
maybe I should just turn it over to you. How does that kind of thing come up? Who decides that this is something the boys club should be? And then who takes that on? Yeah. So, um, like Hillary's always in like a super active, um, boys club member has so many ideas, um, is always switching in, um, and came to us with this idea of boys club consulting. Um, Rianca comes from a day job kind of work experience background of that's like also her wheelhouse and something that she was really excited to participate in. She's also on our core team. Um, and so, um, yeah, they just took this idea and ran with it. Um, Got it. And so that's what we're talking about here. A real autonomous community where two people could have a good idea that the community says, yes, this makes sense within what we're trying to achieve here. We will give you the support you need. In this case, it could just be a blog post and credibility. Go and create this thing. And that's that's the beauty of what you're creating. And at the same time, it allows boys club as a community to grow because some portion of the revenues comes back to boys club and some goes to to the creators that's what we're looking at here exactly and so if i were to say why would they do it with you it's because boys club has the reputation has the audience has the team that could help do it and that's why they would do it they wouldn't get ownership of this creation of this consulting company but they get part ownership of it and they get a big head start over what they would be able to do on their own. Am I right to think about what an individual member gets out of this? Um, as in like people working with the consulting company? Yeah, or, or even people creating it. Why create it within Boys Club instead of calling it Hillary Brown Consulting, Hillary Brown Web3 Consulting? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Like, that's a question for them, not me. But like, from my perspective, like that you're like, my perspective is like aligned with yours in that they're starting with this platform and community, right? And they're starting um, with the knowledge and experience and and credibility and and, like evidenced ways that Boys Club has um, done the sort of things that they will be helping clients with. Okay. But that's a question for them, not me. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think of like, what's the advantage of doing a DAO in general, of having a community-based creation process? Because for someone who's doing this, they don't get ownership of it. But then on the other hand, I see that they get a big, big head start. And they get a team of people supporting them throughout and a team of people who can help them grow it. All right. I think I've got it. So for anyone who's interested, I think it's boysclub.vip, am I right? That is our website, yes. My favorite, though, is I feel like you're you're way bigger on Twitter. My favorite is your Instagram, though. I feel like it captures your vibe <laughs> so well. And, of course, whoever created your website is fan-freaking-tastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. Our... All right. Thank you. Thank you, thank so you for, for being here. Thank you all for listening. And if you are interested in a DAO, go to joinorigami.com and they'll help you get started. Thanks. Bye, everyone. <laughs>